The following is an archive podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled The Throne Zone. This is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one. Well met, and welcome to The Throne Zone, where we talk all things and everything Game of Thrones. I'm your host, Michael Jackson, and today I have a very special treat. I'm very pleased to say that talking to me is the one and only creator of Game of Thrones, Branson. Branson. Hey everybody, it's me, Branson, creator of Game of Thrones. That's right, you are the creator. On HBO. Sundays at 5 o'clock. It's, Tune in. It's a basically become this cultural behemoth. Um, the show just ended its 18th season. Uh, as like you said, it's on HBO and it's also on ABC. Um, so I'm very excited that you're here. You know, I'm a big fan. I'm, you know, kind of nervous right now. It's I've, I've been waiting to meet you for years, um, and I just want to thank you for being here today. Hey, no problem. I'm happy to be here, Michael Jackson. Big fan. Well, I'm not actually. I'm not Michael Jackson, like the singer. Um, we just have the same name. I'm not actually related to him in any way. Um, I wish I would be, so I could. You know, he's very wealthy. He gets a bad rap. It's it's but, great. It's great to be here, Mike. It's great, to, MJ. It's great to be here. Whatever you go by. Oh, uh, Michael. Um, Michael. Mike. Whatever you. Well, you can call me whatever you like. You know, you, you're a legend. So um, I want to just maybe you get right into this um sounds sounds good to me i you know i love talking shop i love uh when the fans ask me questions i love you know i can't give away any any spoilers right yet so no well we don't want to hear those as much as i want to know everything right off the bat what's going to happen um part of the show is the twists is what really make it special so this is a spoiler free show uh, hopefully, but also you should be completely caught up because if something gets spoiled for you, not my fault, not my problem, none of my business, and it's not Branson's fault either. So you need to be caught up, or else you're not a real fan. Um. Anyway, Branson. Yes, sir. I would like to ask you first and foremost, what inspired you to make this show? What was really the starting point? Well. As you knew, I grew up in beautiful, sunny Terre Haute, Missouri. Terre right. Haute, Indiana. Indiana, right. Um, and I would spend the days of my youth running around in the woods, just, you know, spurging out, looking at things, pretending there were other things. You know, I, I was such a, uh, I had such a high imagination as a kid. I would look at a deer, and instead of a deer, it would start, like, shifting in my brain. And, oh. like, it would have wings on it also. And I thought, hey, that seemed pretty interesting. It's very creative. And basically, you know, there's a federal prison in Terre Haute. It's kind of like the center of the town. Okay. And this big old federal prison, you know, they would take all the kids during elementary school to do a tour of it. And we'd get in there, and they'd have us sit in the cell for a couple hours, and we'd talk to the prisoners, like eight or six years old. And, you know, it was a big thing in the town. I remember looking at a lot of the prisoners thinking, like, these are pretty scary guys. They're kind of like orcs. 
I didn't oh, know what okay. an orc was really at the time. But I knew that orcs were going to be a big part of my life. And when I saw these big, scary guys, mm-hmm. I kind of thought more about like a fantasy-type world where they didn't exist or were stronger, weird barbarians because they were very unpleasant to look at. Um, they would say very threatening things that would scare us all. And um, you know, if it wasn't for the shotguns pointed at them while we were in there, you know, who knows what might, what might have happened. Well, uh, well, it was definitely touring that federal prison that I started considering fantasy it's almost like that what i wanted to that do. prison was almost like a large fortress um maybe something like you would see in the shows um, right now definitely uh, the orcs are very central to the show and the story um there are a lot of orcs a lot of orcs you know you got this big it wouldn't be game of game and game and thrones without the orcs game, in the game and game of thrones with the orcs is one of the most uh, key components of it, and it's very iconic because of these orcs. You know, you had this big wall, and beyond that are all the orcs. Um, we got orcs right. with bazookas, orcs on motorcycles, orcs on quads, doing just badass shit like hitting jumps. You know, orcs, like, th- go ahead. Yeah, orcs in those big American gladiator balls that are just storming up and down the Badlands. <laughs> they're uh, they're all ripped. They're like buff and shit. They're just like jacked, totally jacked. They all have, they have like AR-15s, axes, oh, swords. They're so cool. Um, one thing they're I was so curious, cool, but I I despise the orc. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, one thing I was curious about when I was watching uh, the show is some of the orcs were wearing fubu. Is that is that a is that a, like a racial thing or what, what was that? Some of the orcs were wearing fubu. Now, I've show. heard this theory before, and people will say that my orcs are primarily racist. However, I would agree with that, but everyone has the race wrong. Um, okay. I first started writing Gamer Thrones, uh, Gamon, uh, I'm sorry, Game Man Throne, when I was in college. In um, I went to uh, Pete Maravich University in downtown Chicago. Right. And I... In Chicago, there is a large Polish population. Okay. And as such, on Polish, on public television, there was Polyvision, there was Polish radio stations, and right. I lived in a Polish right. neighborhood. And mm-hmm. they really are just an awful, square-faced, stupid fucking people. And I would look at them, and I'd watch them, and it was almost like watching a puppet made out of meat undulate. <laughs> and I would look at their un- their clumsy, horrific movements and their big square faces, and I would think, these people have to be destroyed. Right. And, you know, I considered kind of like the wall to be like a border between decent people and the Polish. And okay. And it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, it kind of just rolled from there. So maybe those orcs got like some FUBU jackets or hoodies from like a Salvation Army or Goodwill. Uh, yeah, it's like it's that. definitely well. I mean, it's 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 racist, but it's not. I mean, it's racist, but it's okay because it's white on white racism, right? It's which is fine, perfectly acceptable. Well, um, let's talk about uh, you know the budget for the show is about. Uh, let me see here. I have the figures about three point four billion dollars per episode. I'm curious to see how did you manage to pull off the effects on the show with such a low budget. Well. It's a mix between CGI, 
live actors, Polish extras, rotoscope, and claymation. Yeah, a lot right. of rotoscoping. And so usually what will happen is that we will have the Polish guys, we'll get a bunch of Polish guys, right? And we'll get them on a we'll get them on like the back of a bus or something. We'll bus them in. And then we just kind of put them out in the middle of nowhere and we just kind of record them and we don't tell them what's going on. And then later on we take our animators will go through and make those Polish people orcs and all they have to do really is change the skin to green. Okay. So it's actually a pretty simple process. I mean, then we can just like Photoshop axes and AR-15s and bazookas into their hand. Maybe more muscular, muscular bodies, things like that. Yeah, um, you know, just kind of shape it up a little bit, make it a little more more scary. Well, we usually, if we got the Polish people there, we usually have to like di- digitally alter their nose to make them look less pig-like. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. But you want them to maybe look like ugly orcs, so it's a little bit redundant. Possibly. Yeah, so I have to clean them up a little bit. True. Well, I'm not going to argue with you, of course. Um, well, one of the biggest, most popular effects in the show are, of course, the dragons. And um, these dragons, there's all kinds of... There's purple ones, blue ones, green ones, red ones. Um, they have a flying speed of 100%. Or 150%. Very fast. They go 150%, yeah. And uh, it's a lot of gold to get one of those. Um, those dragons, you got to get every single color of the dragon, too. Like, we've been we've been trying to, like... I've been trying to, like, do promotional things where we have actually, you know, dragons sold. And they keep telling me we can't do that. We can't sell dragons. And I just don't know why. Well... The drag- I want to sell them. I don't know why. Why can't we sell a dragon? Like, it seems like we have $3.4 billion. When I go to the show and I say, there's going to be a dragon in this scene, I turn around and I walk away. And when I watch on TV, there's a dragon there. Are you saying that you think the dragons are real? You've seen dragons on the show. I say I want a dragon on the show, and it gets there. Yeah. I don't have time to watch it all. I have to go I after I do the I go to the set, right? And yeah. I bark a bunch of orders. Right. And like I'm wearing the big, you know, French director pants and I'm holding that big cone that you yell through. And I'm yelling and I'm yelling, and I want the dragon there, I want the Polish people there, mm-hmm. I want the humans there, they're gonna be wearing gold armor, I want the women, I want the incest over there, I want all oh, that to happen. Yes. And then I turn around and I walk away. Okay, well I want to get into that, but because I have to go do more writing. First, I want to ask you a little bit. Well, I mean, we could just get to it now. I mean, the show, it's its chock full of, you know, just raunchy sex, just loaded with titties. Basically, every scene, they're out, they're there. Like, hello, it's HBO, folks. This is what they want. It's got. This is what you're paying for. It's got brutal violence, you know, horrible. It's castration, torture, arrows through throats. Heads being lobbed off, legs being lobbed off. Um, ISIS-style executions. Right. And um, most importantly, it's full of it test, which is, you know, Americans love this stuff. This is some of our favorite, favorite subjects, and we can't get enough of it. And we want to see as much as possible. And we like it especially when they make the good guys bone each other, even though they're family, blood-related, and it's totally fine because we all like it, and that's what we want to see. So... Can you comment a little bit about that? 
Um, I started to learn to love incest and writing about it when I just read a lot of books by like, you know, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, you know, he's been a huge inspiration to me and every single book he writes, there's some incest and it's just normal and it's cool. And I thought, why can't, you know, American writers normalize incest. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to be the guy that brought incest to North America from, you know, Gabriel Garcia well, Marquez, you know? And I guess what? I did it. Probably better than anyone else has ever done it. And it's probably one of the most compelling factors of the show. I remember the first season um, when everyone's favorite character, Jon Snow, young Jon Snow, receives the great sword from his father, um, Ned Stark. Who is played by God? It's been so long. No, Jeff Daniels. That was Jeff Daniels that played him. It's Jeff Daniels. Uh, well, well, let me get to. I'll get this in a second. It's what was it like Jeff working Daniels. with Jeff Daniels? I mean, that'd be amazing. I mean, working with Jeff Daniels is great because not only is his name Jeff, it's named Daniel, and he starred in many movies. Like I think he was Tron and Tron. And working with Tron is a great thing because you're just like, holy moly, that's Tron I'm working with. He's Jeff Daniels, and also he's played by Ted Stark. And yeah, so well, you kind of get you get you fanboy a little bit, but then I realize I'm more important than everyone else on set. You're probably the biggest celebrity that's you know come out of this country. I mean, I can just like go to a fancy restaurant and I can be wearing gym shorts. I can be wearing a, a basketball jersey, and they don't have to match. So it doesn't look like I'm going to a game and everyone knows it's like my day off. But guess what? It's not my day off. I'm going to a fancy restaurant and they're not going to say anything. I can show up wearing sandals. Well, no one's going to. It's great being famous. No one's going to, no one's going to, you know, hate on you because you can do whatever you please because you have a lot of money and you're really popular and everyone likes you. Um, Yeah, I can show up to, to just, I can buy a Lamborghini in my chili shirt. It's all roses for Branson. My might I ask what is a chili shirt? Um, that's a great question. A chili shirt is a shirt you wear while you eat chili. Okay. Well, wow. um, well, as to my earlier point, um, the incest. So the scene where um, Jon Snow gets his great sword from his father, Jeff Daniels, um, and he receives the sword that's named Sneaky Uncle. I thought that was <laughs> the moment when we knew that. The show is going to be full of incest. And I was, you know, so excited. Right. When Sneaky Uncle shows up, and it's a big, beautiful, silver great sword with Sneaky Uncle written in Comic Sans fought down the blade. I think that's when everybody knew that this show was going to be some crazy, wacky that, stuff. That, that ethereal blue glow along the letters in the runes. And Whenever the a relative is new, nearby, it glows blue. And the, um, the hollow ACOG site on the handle as well. Um, right, so, just for scouting. But the one thing I John wanted to, Snow you know, uses, but can you tell us a little bit about John Snow? Obviously, we all know who he is, but how did you come up with him? Is okay, John Stone, John Snow is he's basically kind of like when you think about the game and the throne, he's more like the game, the okay. rapper, where he's like, kind of a more like the rapper, solitary or? figure. He's an outcast. Yes, the game. Okay, okay, I'm following you. Uh, he's kind of like a solitary figure, you know. He right. was kicked out of G Unit, mm-hmm. and he's just 
more of a cerebral type of loner. Like, think about all the great comic book heroes from the early 90s. Wolverine, The Punisher. Spawn. And some other... Ang- yeah, Spawn. H- Hellboy. Captain America. All these guys are angry, lonely individuals that might just kill somebody. And Jon Snow is definitely like a total anti-hero that everyone loves. It's kind of like in the WWF where The Rock was trying to be a bad guy, but everybody thought, hey, this guy's so cool. And then everybody loved him. It's exactly like that. Jon Snow takes Stinky Uncle, and he does front flips to chop people's heads off. And that's episode one, baby. He goes, and you know what you're getting into. Right, and he's sent to the wall uh, to join the Men in Black. And these this is basically where all the virgins go. All the virgins go to <laughs> the wall to defend, and they all carry swords. And basically, none of them have ever fucked. They want to. So badly, more than they anything. Want to fuck so but they're not bad. allowed to. That's against the rules. And and the men in black yeah. on the ice wall, they're not allowed to do anything. They can't even, uh, you know, they can't even play cards or anything. They have to just sit there. Yeah. And um, that you know, those black guys on the ice wall really kind of have it rough. What what were they based on anything from real life, or how did you come up with the the? The wall. Um, the Men in Black were based off of the Men in Black, starring that black man Will Smith mm-hmm. and Rip Torn and Tommy Lee Jones, right? And a pug and the w- one girl in the pencil skirt. And those. And those... later on, Johnny Knoxville is a Men in Black, and the pug has a bigger role. And then there's four cockroaches. Those little skinny aliens. I think aliens we're also that, based off of Polish drink, people, yeah. They drink coffee all the time. They're really skinny. And... Right. And that's why once you get to the ice wall, the first thing you see is skinny coffee-drinking virgins that want to fuck. And, you right. know, I feel like I... You know, that was more of a stylistic choice to make them virgins because I got so much fucking going on in the rest of the book that I mm-hmm. just, like... The one thing I feared is, you know how that one... That one uh, they give that one prize for the worst written incest sex scene in a novel. Right. And like Philip Roth always wins it. Right. Right. At the Emmys, they give you the worst sex scene for an incest scene. And there's like a million books that are up for it. You just don't want to win that award. Sometimes from, uh, Woody Allen gives you the incest award for the Roman Polanski lifetime achievement award (laughs) sponsored by Carl Malone. (laughs) And what happens is after you do that, everybody thinks you're a, a joke. Yeah, by Bill Cosby. Um, well, that would and bring Elvis me... Presley. Right, that you brings know, just me... All these famous fucking pedophiles come out and slap you on the back. And guess what? If you ever try to get in a hot tub again, you're just going to feel dirty. So I definitely that didn't want to win those awards with those creeps. It brings me to something I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, we have some... I Like I said, this is... a this is a spoiler-free show, but only for people that have seen all the show and have caught up and they can't have anything spoiled for them. So, um, in the finale, the scene where uh, General Sam Elliott rides in on his horse <laughs> and he removes his 10-gallon hat to tell the queen, who's played by the um, you know, the beautiful Kendra Lust, and he tells her that the Bloor <laughs> Expanse has been taken. I got chills. And right. Simultaneously, while all this is going on, Graceland Castle's attacked, and King Elvis is too busy perving it up with some kids. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's sitting there, he's like, oh, hey, kid, oh, man, oh, man, hey, kid, come here. 
Oh man. Oh, oh god, that's oh, a sexy baby. kid. Oh baby. Oh, oh mama. That's a sexy kid. He's, Hot mama. Oh baby. He's got like oh, cr- he's he's there watching that uh you know Forrest Gump the early the first Forrest 20 Gump. minutes. He's watching the first right. 20 minutes of Forrest Gump on repeat on his VHS player in <laughs> Graceland Castle. While meanwhile the orcs are ransacking Graceland taking all the shitty Elvis figurines and killing all the old white tourists. It's just a bloodbath scene. And he's just too fixated on those that dancing that Cripple oh, Forrest baby. Gump is doing. That's Hot where he got mama. sexy moves for dancing because he thought Forrest Gump was sexy because he loved kids and he right. was oh, a baby. dirty Hot pedophile. Uh, just like the real of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, believe it or uh, not, do you know who um, that Elvis, the King Elvis was uh, based on? No. Um, is there anyone in, that you were inspired by? Yeah, he was based off of Michael Jordan. <laughs> well, Michael Jordan was a very uh, famous MJ, but there's he another known very for famous his thick MJ Southern that's accent very similar to Elvis. I think you know who I'm talking about. Michael Jackson. Not me, Michael Jackson, but yes, the Michael Jackson. Oh, I, was talk- I, thought, I thought I was talking about you. for. Okay. No, no. Uh, Michael Jackson was very similar to Elvis. You know, they both had a haven and he went land. They use their blinding yeah. fame, like no one can touch them. Like they're basically gods to lure kids they're in both, with toys and gifts and wonderful right. things, just to hang out with kids. They both loved nothing, pills. Nothing weird and about that. Had their that. own doctors. Yeah, there's nothing weird. If you there. talk about like famous people that had their own doctors, you're basically talking about Michael Jackson and Hitler. <laughs> well, one was very. He was just very but, nice, yeah. and he just hung out with kids and gave them toys, and only hung around them without being around adults. It was very normal, it was very sweet, it was very innocent, and nothing weird happened, and it was completely fine. And that's what happens when you have, you know, just too much money. Yeah. But anyway, I wrote that scene specifically to just show kind of the dangers of late-stage capitalism, because Mm. you look at all the cool stuff happening, and the orcs are kind of like the passage of time. Right, okay. orcs are an inevitability, and so when they were driving their four wheelers, and they had those big ogres dragging those badass ramps so they could jump their four wheelers over the castle mm-hmm. walls, right? That totally surprised the humans, right? Mm-hmm. Because they were too busy trying to squeeze a dollar out of the King Elvis merch. Oh, and you know, it's, is it's, that why it's, the orcs are season, waving DSA flags? Season eleven now. Yeah, that is that is. Why the orcs wave it's DSA season flags? eleven now, and okay. and 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 King Elvis is just asking what the rose is for. What's the rose mean? And you know they when those badass orcs and the orcs from the water hit the water ramps and hit the jet skis on there, and and it was really cool. I mean, that was so cool. But, you know, once you get to season eleven, you need some big things to happen, and I felt like it was the perfect time for Graceland to fall. Well, so it did, and then. Now we know the orcs are here. They're not going anywhere. Right, because people were always, you know, in season one, are the orcs real? Are they not real? In season two, orc sightings. Why are they chugging these beers? Why are they outside of villages wearing the hats with the beers on them? Why are they stealing the farmer's beer? And, you know, season three... You know, these orcs are showing up, they're drunk driving into town. Season four, (laughs) the orcs are amassing little war bands and they're getting DUIs everywhere. Season five, the orcs are making their their hot 
hot chili and they're spilling it everywhere and it's too spicy for people to eat. Season seven, they're, they're, they got a bunch of bazookas now. They raided like a federal armory or something and they're shooting at the ice wall and they're shooting at the men in black. Season eight, you know, they get taken down a peg by the men in black. Everybody thinks the, the worst is over, but the big strong orc survives. I think his name is uh, uh, Boromir, and Boromir starts going about, and you know him and Gimli start fighting the rest of the humans. And then season 10, they start taking over. Season 11, they're able to take Graceland. Well, in the season premiere of season 11, the orcs clearly receive those giant Acme crates full of anvils and TNT, pianos. I think that was a big... That was a big point in when you knew they were going to be on the offensive and really take things right. down. And they've gotten smarter because when they stopped the first orc offensive in season 10, what they did was that they mailed them a big barrel full of porno magazines and the orcs were too busy reading <laughs> the porno magazines for a whole season to attack Graceland. They were too busy to attack the men in black. They were too busy to attack, um, you know, the Morton Salt Castle, which is the first you know, paid sponsorship that we had on HBO. Well, now that the orcs have supplies and they're all geared up, you don't have them, you know, waiting in line for the cashier and they're taking candy off the shelf and eating it and then sticking right. the wrapper back on the shelf and not paying for it. They're not doing that stuff anymore. They're not, um, they're know. emboldened. And, you know, maybe just maybe there is some kind of secret force pushing these orcs full, uh, quicker. And the only person getting to the bottom of it is Jon Snow who, as we all know, has a sword that's imbued with the spirit of his pedophile uncle in it. Right. And on the opposite side, you have the other favorite, the one and only, you know, the Queen of Dragons. The gorgeous, beautiful... Right, I know her name. Bimbo, Queen of Dragons, Danny. She has, you know... Big double D's, big blonde hair, platinum blonde. I mean, you you, you six made inch her. heels in every scene. Ugh. Right. What's her name? I'm sorry, Danny. What's her name or again? Daenerys, Queen of Dragons, or also known as Khaleesi. Oh yeah, Danny. Oh, I know Danny. Yeah, you created her. Based of off the famous, um, she was actually based off of first of all she's like a prototypical dream girl and i just plugged her into the show for jackoff material and second of all she's named after danny ainge my favorite basketball player of all time whoa see this is the kind of stuff you know, fans are waiting to hear so oh yeah baby danny is clearly just she's going to save. she saved all of the brown people on the islands and the continent across the river ocean and they all love her. Australia, and she's the best. yeah. And they all worship this, you know, this bimbo that came out of nowhere. She controls dragons, and they're all different colors, and red and blue and green and yellow and gold. And there's a black one, and it's cool. And it's and she rides it, and it's fucking, it flies, and it, it it's really fire. cool. It's really yeah, cool. It's fucking badass. If you had like the dragon, she, maybe, she rides. She rides around she rides on the dragon. Right. She's like a white snake music video, basically. That's what I designed her as. She's like a white snake music video. She is a the personification of a cool spray paint hood on a muscle car. And I try to do this for the fans specifically. Every scene you worry that maybe, like just maybe, I kind of have like the the strings of her clothes shredded a little bit. Like maybe this is the scene where um 
if her shirt fell down, she would be showing me the twins, if you know what I mean. And I, I want to keep the audience in suspense because maybe one day those twins will be shown if they are revealed by the shirt falling due to um, poor fabric. So Danny is gearing up. She's crossed over to the throne land, if you will. And she's joined by uh, a handful of curious characters joining the cast Colorful this season. characters was the great Dennis Rodman, which had to be the worm. wild for you. Oh, I love working with the worm. He reminds me so much of my favorite basketball player, Danny Ainge. Except for mentality and play style and race, they're basically the same guy. Well, Rodman is just such a weirdo. What a freak, man. I mean, was he crazy or what? Oh my god, he was so crazy. Me and him took this bender weekend in North Korea. And we started burning all these propaganda posters, and I totally got branded on the ass. But guess what? Um, there was a Solid Snake-style parachute thing that he pulled, and we got shot up into the air. <laughs> and it turned into a basketball, just like in Double Team. It definitely turned into a basketball. And, you know, I think Kim Jong-un, that's the loser in charge of North Korea, at the time, we kept going around to his shitty farms and kicking the dust around and saying, nice farm, loser. <laughs> Look at all these bag well, of bones you besides, got over here. Besides Dennis Rodman joining the cast, we also had um, some new faces. Rob Schneider, uh, Andrew Dice Clay, Rachel Dolezal all joined the cast. And was it you that personally selected all of them? Or how, did the, how does that process yes. work? Um, I personally selected all of them. Um you know, I'm going to be honest. We've been doing this show for 11 years. Right. Like, it's it's getting kind of boring, you know? I consider myself an artist, and I want things to keep evolving. And, like, I decided that maybe we should go with some actors that just... Maybe they don't act. Maybe they shouldn't be actors. Maybe, you know... I'm going to see what Rachel... Rachel Dolezal is just a fucking 10 out of 10 babe. So it's like, got to get her on. Rodman, you know, I keep looking on eBay for a Rodman jersey, and they're like $110. I'm going to see if he has a couple extra lying around. Rob Schneider's just the funniest fucking man on the planet. Holy shit. Oh, no doubt. All that shit is so good. Dude, if you got a Netflix... Uh, prescription. If you have a prescription to Netflix, go ahead and Google Rob Schneider, and that shit's uh, that shit's really good, man. Oh, he's the best. Uh, the hot chick. Uh, no, I'm putting him on. I love Game of Thrones. I love running the thr- the game, the throne. All of it's so good. But like, you know, how about a little time for Branson? Everybody likes my show so much. What about Branson? You know, a little me time. I mean, you need time to write. You gotta be left alone to write. Show's not gonna write itself. I'm going to be really honest with you it is really easy to write these books have you ever written fantasy um i yeah i will it's a bit embarrassing have you ever written fantasy in college i dabbled a bit i will say you can you can write a fantasy novel in about three weeks nothing you do is ever wrong you just every yeah all the women here's what you need to know about a fantasy novel Okay. All right, figure out what race are the bad guys. Um, make them act like a certain race you don't like in real life. Right. Um, you know, fantasy novels basically invented racism. Um, you just do that. You find out some swords and some shield shit. You make up your own type of metal that's the strongest. You put a dragon in there. 
um, somebody is the chosen one and he has some kind of special power that everyone else is jealous of. The people with power, the kings, there's going to be some good ones, there's going to be some bad ones, there's a bunch of different kingdoms. You basically are writing these for people that just want, like, way too much information about shit that doesn't matter so they can just, like just fill the OCD part of their brain with some just completely useless inane observations. And then you put it on HBO and you make it seem subversive by having just like titties and violence in it. Oh yeah. And it's just the same shit, you know, people eat it up. I mean, I probably the sixth book I wrote, you know how like Stephen King said he doesn't remember writing the shining because he was too drunk. Yeah. I don't remember writing the sixth book, because I took um, Ambien one night, and I woke up, and the whole book was done. R- what? I, s- I swear. The whole six book, one Ambien night. Writing fantasy books is the easiest shit of all time. I mean, I thought there was just so much more to it than that. Um, I mean, now... I just think I'm, uh, I'm just like some kind of fantasy genius that's tapped into a whole hidden world. But for me, it's easy. It's like hitting a three-pointer to Steph Curry. Well, I would say that the show has taken sort of a shift in the way things have gone and the way people view things. But not even this show alone, but a lot of things are very important and integral to so many of our lives now. I know you you talk down about it, but uh, I'm a huge nerd myself. I I love this stuff, and we love TV so much now because it's better than the sh- the other shit that there was before. But it, you know, it's, it's still not great, and we make it out to be a miracle. And we love to buy Funko Pop figures of every character and spend thousands on merch to show. Oh, I know about the show too. The most popular show around, and our stupid our stupid brains filled with dust and shells filled from cicadas rattle around pure happiness as we feel the fucking dopamine shoot into our skull when we go and see the 57th marvel movie to come out this year we read the garbage comics that were churned out a month ago by weirdo horny dudes who blogged just a few years ago about men's rights and now want batgirl <laughs> to be muslim or whatever so they can get to the moments <laughs> section on Twitter and have BuzzFeed girls DM them and people eat it up and they love the shit made for literal children and think of it as deep and compelling and political even when it's literally for kids. You know? I love to be yeah. a pee-brain you know, dipshit. I only, I only listen to the opinions of indie game developers online. If anybody has any input on Game of Thrones, I look for indie game developers. I love to be a pee-brain dipshit and find my purpose in pop culture even I though love it's formed to, to for the sole out. purpose of making a shit ton of money, and we take everything that we watch and have to make it into like some political token for our own biased views, like it's it's I, like how I, it's like how these coastal writers are making uh, juggalos out to be like pro- progressive socialists, despite them all being like wicked dumb and stupid as shit and disregard our responsibility and are exactly yeah let's put the, probably let's give the, the leadership racist. reins to the to the guy in clown paint with four duis yeah you know you know but here's the thing it's also that just you know my fans all love going to like big empty fan-made wikipedias that just have john snow's dick size and what the average orcs you know, dinner looks like and how many calories they have a day and people want to know this and they do it. (laughs) And then they just go 
and they live their beautiful, shitty lives, and they stare at a screen, and then they get opinions, and then they gotta yell them at me, and it's fine, and I love it. I love my fans. I love my stupid, fat, idiot fucking fans. We got, yeah, we all gotta take, like, our Xanax and everything just to calm down, because you you swore at some woman online. Right, and uh, just, you know, when I took my shirt off at Comic-Con, and everybody has all these opinions about it, when Branson rode his four-wheeler into Comic-Con and said, what's up, chicken legs, and everybody said that was misogynist, I said, it's only misogynist if you admit you have chicken legs, and then when I was at the diner outside of Comic-Con, and I asked the waitress if she had frog legs, and then if she could hop <laughs> to the kitchen and get me some coffee, and everybody got mad at me then, and everybody gets mad at me, but at the same time, I'm super rich, and no matter how you get mad at me, it's not going to change anything, and I'm still going to be rich, I'm still going to be cool, I'm still going to be drunk driving my four-wheeler around downtown LA, and no one can stop me, and I'm going to the Laker games, and I'm sitting next to Jack Nicholson, and I'm spilling my beer on his old, fat, leathery face, <laughs> and I can do <laughs> I, <laughs> I can do all of this, and no one can stop me because I'm a billionaire, and I create Game of Thrones, the coolest show on TV starring Jon Snow. Who's based on John from uh, John from the Office? Uh, well, Jim, Jim from the Office. We all just we all just eat it up because we're such stupid dipshits that we find happiness in the most inane, stupid shit anymore. <laughs> and, and stuff that's why like ICP and wrestling is good, and trash culture is good because some five foot two dipshit weasel no, if, from New York City named Kate Grolis wrote a piece on it. If four people like it, has a four people like it and you don't like it, you're fucking racist. And it's good, and if you don't like it, you're it's dick. fucking good. Because we're all fucking idiots. We're all gonna fucking yeah. die. All right, back to Jon Snow being based on Jim from The Office, right? which was his original name in the books. Uh, <laughs> you can tell he's based on Jim from The Office because when he kisses his sister that one time, he looks to the camera and does one of those classic eyebrow rays. He does it, hits him with the Jim face, which I've tried to change to the Jon Snow face because Jim from The Office, uh, then, he died or something. That like, show's not on it. John, John is like Jim and Danny's like Pam. And it's like Jim, Pam, office face, like will they, won't they kind of thing. You got Jim and Pam office space and um, the American office and the British office and you have Officer Down and all of them essentially are conglomerating into this large fantasy universe where the main plot of it is me making a billion dollars. Now, we had some curious fans that uh, emailed me and I've seen this on many of the subreddits and the... Twitter sphere, there has been a new culinary phenomenon that has spawned from the show. I've seen characters have been seen eating them in the show, and a lot of the fan viewing parties now have them as a staple. Um, tell me about the food bowl. What is the Branson food bowl? <laughs> Branson food bowl is something that I've eaten most of my life. It is a custom culinary creation that is about insane efficiency. Right. Here's what you can do. Um, most people eat their food off of a plate. Okay. To me, that seems to leave a lot of room for error. It is wiser to eat out of a bowl because you're less likely to spill it all over you. Mm, that makes sense. Same way that the chili shirt was invented... Uh, is the same way that food will be eaten out of a food bowl. So here's what you do. Instead of having all your meal in a separate section of the plate, 
you just throw it all in the bowl and you just start eating out of the bowl. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, it's great because I don't want to eat bread anymore. So right. I just throw everything in the bowl. Here's what you do. You cook up some 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 greens, you cook up some 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 sausage, you cook up some mushrooms, you saute some mushrooms. You maybe get some corn, you get a can of corn, you boil the corn, you throw the corn in there, throw some beans in there. Who cares? It's a food bowl. And so you basically kind of go into your your pantry and you find all the stuff that you haven't eaten and you just throw it in there if it's good for you. It doesn't matter if food tastes good. There's no point in food tasting good if you think about it. Throw it all in like a styrofoam bowl. Eat in the bowl. It's a Branson food bowl. You got some hot dogs, right? Let's say you don't got any buns. Oh, I better better throw them away. No, cook them all. Cut them up, throw them in a bowl with something else. What else you got? Spinach? Yeah, throw some spinach in with the hot dogs. What else you got? Mustard. You got some string cheese? Throw it in there. Mustard, throw it in there. Food is just a means to an end. You know, I don't care. I'm I'm gonna do the food bowl. Do you still frequently eat the Branson food bowl, even though you're almost every night? Every night. Because I just see what I have in my pantry. And, you know, the food bowl ingredients may be different. It's mostly caviar and, like, smoked salmon and, you know, whatever rich people eat. Skull chewing tobacco. And I just throw it all in there and I eat a food bowl. (laughs) Now, I have a question. Could you have Salisbury steak in a food bowl? Salisbury steak is a food that maybe missed its proper generation. Because Salisbury steak is the perfect food for a food bowl. Probably the Basically, dumbest food. You, you think about the KFC famous bowl, which you have some corn and you got some cheese and you got some mashed potatoes and you got some fried chicken. Pretty good. But guess what? The fried chicken doesn't mix well with stuff. That Salisbury steak, you're going to cut through that like butter, baby. It's going to go right in that food bowl. So if you have Salisbury steak in a food bowl, could you do chicken cacciatore? What do you think of that? Could I do what in the food bowl? Could you do kitchen? Uh, excuse me, chicken cacciatore. Oh, uh, chicken cacciatore. That's a famous extinct food like clams casino. And the thing about chicken cacciatore is that no one knows what it looks like anymore. You know how like they do uh, velociraptors in Jurassic Park, and no one right. knows to give them feathers or not. Right. No one knows to give them feathers. Chicken cacciatore is the same way. No one remembers what it looks like. It's almost like people are remembering different versions, sort of like a Mandela effect or like the Berenstein Bears stuff that you saw right. online over the past few years. Right. Um, so Salisbury steak, is it in danger of going extinct, do you think? I mean, I haven't seen oh, it in guaranteed. years. No one knows. I mean, Salisbury dodo, steak, huh? if you ask like a 13-year-old, have you ever had Salisbury steak? They're going to say, you know, get out of my house, old man. Yeah, well... I think that we can maybe save it. Maybe you can write it into the show. You know, Salisbury. Yeah, you know, I think I might. Um, I might start writing about chicken cacciatore, but the problem is, is I just it's just not a good food for the food bowl. You don't think so? I thought I no, go it's in. just not going to work. It's not going to go in the food bowl. So maybe it deserves to die because I think in the future all food will be out of bowls. How do you mean? All food should be in bowls. Okay. So do you think you'll be, we'll have, um, you know, 40 years from now, we'll still be in Afghanistan, obviously. So do you think our soldiers, right. our Marines are going to be sitting down and chowing down on food bowls, like MRE food bowls? You're going to have dried rations in a food bowl, and you're just going to add water and a little bit of beer. And guess what? That a little bit of energy drink. Tur- yeah, it's going to turn straight into, you know, a Cornish game hen in a bowl, deboned, presented by Monster Energy Drink.
That's something I'd like to see. Game of Thrones edition. Game, you know, Game of Thrones. And it's Game of Fuel. Gamer Fuel. Game of Thrones. It's on HBO and ABC. Remember to watch it, It's people. on HBO, ABC, you want to ESPN2. Um, so, Branson. Jon you... Snow featured Funko Pop doll that has incest sword. Sneaky uncle. It does come with it. I own it myself. It's top quality. I just took you know, The cool thing about Funko Pops is that you can put it on your mantle and everyone knows you're a virgin and it costs $70 and it's like a red badge of shame that you choose to wear. It's like a scarlet letter that you choose to brand on your own forehead. It's like choosing to take a uh like a pair of like pliers and just invert your own penis. <laughs> well, as a fan, I uh I don't know what to say. But well, you know, not a lot of people don't know this. I made a lot of basketball references, but I am primarily a jock. I consider myself a jock. So you're not on this nerd, this nerd, uh, nerd train that we're all riding here. You know all these cool guys like me, not hosts necessarily. like me, like I'm, Will I'm Wheaton. I'm just here to have a good time. Will Wheaton, yeah. Chris Hardwick. We're all just cool nerds. Josh yeah. Whedon. I mean, who, the cool nerds are the new thing. Josh, Josh Whedon. You know, Josh Whedon. You know, directs Wonder Woman, makes her say "Yes, Queen," and it's pretty good. It's like all good stuff. It's just not my thing. I prefer a lot of racism in basketball. All right, well, um, you have written this series, um, obviously the creator of the show, but you have also started a book series based on the show. Um, the 11th right. book is set to come out next month. Uh, it's about 2,100 pages. And, I mean, you've, wrote, you've written books before. You wrote The Notebook. You wrote Nights in Rodanth. You wrote A Walk to Remember, The Fault in Our Stars. Um, so this was a shift in tone for you, and the series is based on the show. So could you tell me a little bit about that, please? Yeah, I mean, the books are kind of an homage to the show. And right. they're both things I created, but still mm-hmm. it's kind of like in honor of it. Because, you know, primarily I respect myself, and I respect myself first, and it sounds pretty good to me. So it's important to me to honor myself. And I wrote these books kind of like as a, like a victory lap to how good my show is. But it's also because it's really fun to write about orcs because they're super cool. And in most fantasy things, in most books that feature orcs, you know, orcs are treated like shit and they never win. And even though I despise the orc, I respect him and I want him to do well. They're They're just cool. You know, let me read you real quick. I have some passages from from the upcoming book that I would like to read for you. All right. All right. Yes, And, you know, I tried to cut it in a way that won't spoil too much. It'll give you a nice thing, all right? Okay, just keep us one more. I see. All right, this is from the 11th book in the Gamer Thrones series, and this book is called The Upcoming Book. All right. The orc stared at the fortress to the east, nearly a ten-day ride, six and a quarter, and bucket after bucket of horse meat had brought him here. He wiped the chilly mustache off on his chilly shirt, an honor worn only by the chieftain. He turned to his sergeant, an old friend, Kromal, and spoke to him in the orcish language, which language which was Polish. Are our bastards ready to fly? Orc bastards are born ready to fly, big dog. I love it when the orcs fight. I'm an orc. 
I know, sir. I hope you never be- betray me later in the show, Cromall. It would definitely be a surprise, wouldn't it? Said Cromall. The chieftain, Branston, Branson, turned to the mating tent. He wanted to <laughs> suck on a boob, preferably his sister's. He hoped that the rest of the orcs didn't find out because it is not good to suck on your sister's boob. And that's that passage right there. Well, I didn't expect. So- I didn't. I did not expect that. That is. That's right. You know, after eleven series, is you know, eleven books is you know, it's about time the big bastard of the orcs shows up. And well, his I name didn't is think Branson, that you're which writing is my prove name. anymore, but it seems you've come to prove me wrong, <laughs> as it were. Um, you know, I love just you know, so I love it to to, to constantly throw curveballs to my fans. Primarily because it just proves how stupid they really are. <laughs> oh, you have a favorite character? I'm going to kill him off in the first chapter. Exactly. It's genius. And guess what? You want it's him to suck a writing. boob? He's not going to suck the boob. Or or maybe He's you not? really want him to suck the boob, but guess what? It's a poison boob. <laughs> hey, guess what, dipshit? You sucked on a poison boob. Dumbass. I hope you feel stupid for wanting him to suck on that boob. It was his sister's boob, you perv. <laughs> well, Branson, um, you know, the show is probably going to be like The Simpsons, except it's going to go on longer, I think. I think it's going to go longer than The Simpsons. I really honestly think I can do this forever. You think so? You're, I was just about to ask, do you think you'll ever leave the show in any sort of way, or... You know, is there other endeavors you wish to seek, or do you think you can keep it up? I think I can do both. I think I can seek other endeavors because honestly, it's at the point where it's such like critically acclaimed and the fans like it that I don't think even no anyone will notice that it's getting worse if it gets worse. People will notice in retrospect, of course, but Uh, I got a good 10 year window where I could really make it do anything and people would still fucking love it. Was well, because uh, they're stupid, or is it because uh, it's just so good? You know, I don't know if I can answer that. I'm just a guy who writes about different fantasy races committing incest. You know, I'm not no Slavoj Zizek, you know. I'm just some guy that writes a really horny book. Right. And you're I'm just, a billionaire. writing about, you know... Brutal rapes and ultra violence. People love and it. And, and you know, they, people, and I rub shoulders with, rub elbows with the best people in the world. You know, me and Elon Musk go to the same blood bar and we suck down chalice after chalice. <laughs> <laughs> and you see, uh, you see, like, you see Mark Zuckerberg there. You see. Oh, Z- we call him Zuck. He loves to suck your blood. You know, just really cool. We, me and me and Elon Musk will invite him over and call him Dick Zuckerberg. <laughs> you know, he gets really mad at us. Is that where they have uh, Steve Jobs' corpse? They have it floating in that tank. Uh, in the blood bar. Mm-hmm. Well, they keep trying to bring him back to life by shooting random people's blood through him and electrocuting him, and it makes the whole blood bar smell kind of bad. Me and Elon have been thinking about complaining, but at the same time, uh, I don't know if that's worth that kind of social battle. True. Um, they've, I've heard rumors that they, 
they tried similar things on Walt Disney, and they once tried to use Jewish blood on him, and that's what killed him. Yeah. Yes, you're 100% right that rumors are true. I have no other comments. All right, well, we'll move along. Um, I can't really think of much more that... Uh, uh, would you like to hear another passage from my book? Oh, you have more passages. Yes, oh, yes, yes, please. Oh, yes, I do. All right, this is from further on, later on, focusing later on a chapter. different part of the book, yes, okay. of of my 11th book, the upcoming book in the Game of Thrones. I'm sorry, I keep saying it wrong. Game and Thrones. Gum, game, gum, game for game, Thrones. G- on Throne. Game, game, for, on Throne. game for Thrones. The right. rancid humans of the South peered through the eternal, du- the eternal jungles of Detroit and sniffed the air cautiously. Orcs have been here, said a coward. Orcs have been everywhere, child, said Jeb, leader of the Bush clan. Is it true what they say about orcs, he said. Yes. Wow. It is my hope to unite the kingdoms. A lot of us want to be king. Some of us want to be king for power reasons. Me? I just want to be king to help the people. This is what I say out loud, but some are suspicious. It turns out that having a lot of power scares some people. I think it is a good idea to kill the guys that are bad, but also I think that sometimes we should be nice. Pretty good, said the kid. There are a lot of scary things in the world. Friendship makes it not scary. You can tell I'm special because I ride a huge pig into battle. And that's it for that chapter. Whoa, it's getting... It's getting intense. It's, it's 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 definitely like you know it's a tough thing when you do so many episodes and so many books of the same thing because you're always trying to build a crescendo to manipulate people's emotions to feel a specific way about something, mm-hmm. and when you have to constantly build that crescendo over and over again, it's just like doing uh, heroin. Have you ever done heroin? Right. It's you're chasing the dragon and and, and we got actual oh. dragons here. So, you know, if the season before I had the main orc ride a horse full of dynamite into the kingdom, <laughs> then this season I have to have the orc ride two horses full of dynamite into the kingdom. And then I have to have him do a backflip off of both their butts and shoot them with an explosive arrow (laughs) to make them blow up in front of the king. And the king uh, has his face burned up to blackface. You know, and then next season, what I have to have happen is I have to have, you know, the same orc try to do that, but... The king sees it happening and instead distracts the horses with oats, and then a bucket will fall on the orc's head, and he'll say, who turned out the lights? <laughs> well, it's been clear with each season that you always have to up the ante. You have to make it more intense, more engaging, more twists and turns, more very unpredictable changes in the story that takes such a genius mind to come up with these twists and turns, and doesn't cut corners in any way <laughs> from uh, the source material. Um, but 
if if this show goes on for twenty more years, I'm just gonna copy off of Star Wars. That's the only way I can bring him to space. Because then I have a whole well, bunch of other. You might not want to say that on the show. But do you have more? Did you have more from the book, or was that all? I have or? I have I have one more from the book. One last passage. Okay, and please go I, ahead. I I, I really want to let people know that you know my fans. Regardless, ignoring everything I've said today, I love my fans. They pay me so much money. And I'm really famous. And they allow me to do things like go tuxedo shopping with Elon Musk and and, and Tiger Woods. Instead of using Yeah, and Tiger Woods. And instead of like you know, Elon Musk gave me a blood powered cell phone. Like, what more can I ask for in life? You know? Elon Musk says he's gonna shoot me into space so that I can take a zero gravity dick pic. Like, I'm hanging out with these people who bet NBA teams and poker games. It's a good life. I'm not going to lie. And I have my fans to thank for that. My stupid fucking fans. My fucking Stupid fucking dork. dipshits. Or- God, I love my stupid fucking fans so much. Well, All right. Well, let me, let me get into the last passage here. I just wanted to thank my, my great fans so much. Right. All right. This is, again, from my 11th book. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. The upcoming book. In the furthermost reaches of the goblin realm, there was a fanciful human town that freaked out the normal humans to the north. Their customs were different, and they were prone to grand displays of excess and did not have a king. A bunch of guys in nice-colored outfits sat at a table and argued, and Sephiroth Cloudstrife did not like that at all. The ways of war were strange, but he had to be here, and not at home, kissing his sister, French style, of course, that's in uh, parentheses, and having sex with her in low, flattering lighting. Also, he had a sword. The hilt of the sword had a cool animal on it, like a tiger or an elephant or something. The sword had a name, and it was a famous sword, and when people saw it, they made a comment on it about how famous it was. Pretty good sword, said the merchant. Thanks, it's famous. Sephiroth proceeded into the common hall to make a big (laughs) speech about killing orcs. Everyone thought the speech was pretty good. When he approached the podium, there was a hush among the audience because they knew he was important and his sword was famous. He began. Orcs are fucking weird. They are green and bigger than us. They are also mean and dumb. We treat our horses pretty good, and they put them in buckets and eat them. It's not good, man. Orcs are gay. I hate them. They are so shitty. Orcs smell like shit because they are messy (laughs) and eat in bed. They piss on each other and laugh. It's so fucking weird. God, I hate them so much. They are so fucking stupid. They think it is funny to shit. What a bunch of morons. I wish bazookas were invented so I could blast them with them. Holy moly. They are really mean and would kill us all if we could, so we should kill them all first. I hate that they are stronger than us, but that is just how they are. They wear their jeans with a big hammer loop on them for a hammer, but they never use it. They just like how it looks. What a bunch of pieces of shit. Boneheads. They are green, and that's so weird. Also, they have noses like a pig, so we should kill them like a pig. But we shouldn't eat them because they eat us, and if we eat them, then we're the real orcs. They're bastards. I hate it. Fuck. 
I'm getting mad. I don't even want to talk about them anymore. I hate Orc. I want to beat and kill them. <laughs> Is that all? Thank, that's it. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. I got goosebumps. You know, just... I can't imagine what that's going to look like on the show. I'm not going to let you guys know how or, it kind of turns out, but yeah, that, or that is... Or I guess maybe we'll see on the show first, and then we'll... Uh, fuck, I'm confused. I don't remember which one. Um, I don't remember which one's going to come out first either. <clears throat> anyway, um, was there anything else you'd like to say, Branson? I'd like to thank my fans. I'd like my fans to keep pressuring Funko to make a Branson Funko Pop. I'd like... Uh, to have my friends, fans, um, to keep telling HBO to let me do more orc nudity because I have a lot of it written and they're, they're being total creeps about it. They really only want human nudity and I'm just thinking that maybe we can get somebody jacking off to something different and maybe we can open a whole new thing because I'm really getting <laughs> bored of like, all this incest human nudity, and I just want some orc nudity. And I really think, well, I think my show, Ga- my show Game of Thrones, is the reason why the incest tab on Pornhub is so popular now. And I'm really mad about that. And I want to make the orc tab just as popular. Well, I think we can. All I'd agree. like to give a special shout out to Ken- Kendra Lust as well. And Kendra Lust, um, you know I love you, baby. Um, looking forward to working with you in season twelve. There you have it. Game of Thrones on HBO and ABC. Um, I wanted to close with, uh, for the past 11 seasons, going to the 12 seasons, the score has been done on the show by Imagine Dragons because the show has them and you don't have to imagine them anymore. So um, when the last, finale, the last finale aired, it closed with Radioactive being played. So I was wondering if Branson, if you'd do us all the honor... And sing that famous song that had us all just chills <coughs> sitting there. I see it in my soul. Someone to make the system roll. Welcome to the new age. To my web page. Welcome to the new age. Oh, 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 oh. Radioactive. Radioactive. I'm waking. Waking up, I, I feel it in my, my soul. bones. So I'm Got to make to the make system go. Bones. Welcome to the new age. To, to the, the new age. Something to up. The... the prison yard. The big bus is going fast. Something's out. Oh, there's catacombs. Whoa. Whoa. Um, That's the whole song. Imagine dragons. Ugh. All right. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>